You're listening to episode 39 of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. I am your host, Sean Brown, and on today's episode, we have the one and only Nikki Hufford. If you guys have not had a chance to check out Nikki's work, you absolutely need to. She is one of my go-to photographers for inspiration, not just in the senior genre, but just in general because of her creativity, her amazing use of lighting and all that. But Today, we're going to dive into really kind of how she got started with senior photography, how she fell into it. We're also going to touch on a little bit about model teams and and how she operates her destination shoots with those model teams, as well as just how she handles her volume sports business, being away with traveling for her family and softball tournaments and all that stuff, and how she's managing a business that really manages itself in a lot of ways through automation. And we're also going to dive into just some other tidbits about what she's looking forward to in her business in the coming years. So super excited for you all to join us today. If you haven't left a review on iTunes, please go ahead and do that. We're going to be featuring some of our favorite reviews at the beginning of the episodes coming up. So make sure to do that. And we just want to say thank you all for, for listening. So if you haven't subscribed um, to make sure that you get all the content, make sure to do that. And we're also going to be putting out a ton more episodes in 2020 in the year ahead. So we want to make sure that you don't miss that as well. But in the meantime, let's hop to it with our episode 39 with the one and only Nikki Hufford. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. I'm your host, Sean Brown, and today we've got the incredible Nikki Hufford on. If you haven't checked out Nikki's work, you gotta hop on Instagram right now and just look at her work because she is one of my absolute favorite photographers to draw inspiration from, and I hope she becomes one of your favorite photographers to draw inspiration from as well. So Nikki's based in Warren, Ohio, and really does a lot of mainly just seniors, and then a lot of team photos too. So we might dive into that a little bit later on the episode. But her style is so unique and stands out. And that's why we really wanted to have her on the show and just pick her brain about kind of her creative thought process and everything. So um, welcome to Real Talk, Nikki. Hi, what's going on? Oh, you know, just chilling in the PNW. But um, for those of you, for those listeners who don't know you, start by telling us a little bit about yourself how you got into photography and kind of your story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's kind of a weird background of it. Um, my grandfather was super into photography. Um, kind of always had cameras laying around, um, had a world dark room in the basement. So really early on as kids, um, we would get bored and I think we'd bother him. And he'd be like, take a camera, go outside and photograph something. So, um, and then, but then we'd come down, the, down in the basement and he'd show us how to actually develop real film and so it's kind of a cool way to start actually most of my cousins my siblings like the older ones that were around him a lot we all know how to take pictures you know um, um i actually have a couple cousins that have second shot weddings for me so it's, it's in the blood i will say but um never thought it would get to this point but went to school for secondary education thought i was going to be a teacher uh played softball in college and realized really quickly that I was never going to teach ever in my whole entire life. <laughs> um, I decided that teenagers really weren't that cool. Then I just realized that it wasn't the teenagers I didn't like, it was all the rules that I had to follow. So um, started following my passion of photography and uh, next thing I knew I was working with teenagers every single day still, just in a different realm. So 
pretty cool. Awesome. And, and tell us a little bit of how you fell into seniors, because I, I feel like with so many photographers, it's either you started out loving senior photography and wanting to do it, or you just fell into it. So which of those was it for yeah, you? Yeah, I definitely fell into it. Um, I'm the oldest out of eight. So um, all my friends, all my siblings' friends kept needing pictures. So, um, and then of course, you know how that goes when, when you take one, then there's 15 more down the road going, wait, who's that? So um, I kind of had a built-in client base from the very beginning with seniors, which was kind of cool. Um, I also like, even before I had an official model team program, I had, um, I basically had a model team program before I even knew what one was because I had all my siblings friends. So I'd be like, Hey guys, let's go and do this. And they knew me and grew up with me. So they're like, all right, cool. So, and I wasn't much older than them. I was like 20 something and they were, you know, 17, 18. So we had a ton of fun with it. So. And what was it like when you first started your business? Did you feel like it was like, you know, from going from the teacher route that you wanted to go to, and then all of a sudden to photography, that's a little bit of a departure from yeah, what you um, thought you would do. Yeah, it's a big departure. Um, you know what, though, but I say it's, it's so much the same, though. So many of the organizational skills that I learned and so much of, like, um, you know, what it would take to be a teacher, I use still on a daily basis. I just, I teach different things is all I do now. So um, I feel like... I'm still crawling a classroom of kids with my 30 something model team kids and, you know, making sure that they're doing what they're supposed to. And so I feel like it's the same thing. Essentially, I'm just doing it in a little different way. Um, not really sure beyond that, how I got into the seniors though. I think it just kind of was naturally my, my field and, um, they were always up for anything. Um, I thought for a while I was going to be a wedding photographer. I was doing like 30 weddings a year. I was absolutely hating my life. So um, really quickly dropped that and just left just a senior. So let's, let's dive into that a little bit. So yeah. you started with weddings or you did weddings yeah. and you just said, yeah, you know I mean, what, I, I don't you start, you do a little bit of everything. So, yeah. But you go into weddings yeah. and you say, I don't love it. And yeah. you're just like, you know, let's just cut this I out. I don't love it. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, hate it. It was so, so easy. It was so easy to cut out. So. But let's go dive into that because you say it's easy yet. There are a lot of photographers listening who might say, I, I can't stop weddings because yeah. weddings are where I generate yeah. all my income. And if I let yeah. the weddings go, I won't be able to do the stuff in photography that I really like to yeah. because yeah. I don't have that income backing. it. I think as long as you're pricing yourself correctly, it really doesn't matter. Um, so in any time in business, as long as you set a goal and you really do a financial plan, then you're able to step back and say, okay, as long as I can book this many kids, and this many seniors and maybe get some sub work in this genre that I don't mind as much, you know, then I'm okay. I'm all right. So it's just really pushing the different areas and really marketing to those areas. And like, if you go on my Instagram, there's, I still shoot a wedding like every now and then you might see one or two wedding photos ever from me on my Instagram. And it's only probably because I, it's one of my seniors that I photographed who you know, I've known for 10 years. So I'm like, ah, oh, shoot, I'll, yeah, I'll just shoot your wedding. What the heck, you know? And so then I'll post one of their wedding photos, but all their kids, all their friends from 10 years ago still follow me. So it makes sense to post them. But other than that, I'm not going to post that stuff. I'm not marketing to that on a daily basis. I don't even want people to know that I would maybe consider doing a wedding still. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's just really making sure you're marketing to that core target that you really, really want. So. Absolutely. And it's also and I, maybe finding something that will take over that income. For me, the sports, the volume sports took over 
the weddings. And I actually think it's more profitable than weddings. And um, it keeps me busy year round versus a wedding I could only do, you know, during certain times of the year in Ohio. So, yeah. For those listening who are like, volume sports profitable? Tell us about the volume sports, kind of what it is for those who might not know what volume sports are. And then kind of like how you maybe kind of set up a shoot or something like that, or, or kind of the general overline of the process. Yeah, it's, it's a different beast. Um, it's, you really, really, really have to be organized. I, I always tell everybody if they're getting into volume sports, you have to know what your cost of doing business is. And you really have to know. Um, you have to really be able to take and uh, look at a team and make a really good estimate of what you're going to make. And well, that's how I set up my pricing. I said, okay, so what's my break even point on every single kit? What do I need to make on every single kit? And I set my pricing around that. So my minimum packages are my break even, well, not my break even, I still make money, but that's my least amount I, of, I would want to do the job for. So per child. So when I set all that up, it was really, it took me about six years to get to the point I am now with it. Um, this year we're doing five dance studios, um, which are gonna be about 200 kids per dance studio. And then we have, um, right now, I'm roughly at about 120 teams booked. So, um, which each team is probably going to have about 12 kids. So it's a lot of kids coming through the door. Um, so organization's key, setting your price point and making sure that it's correct. And then working efficiently. So making, like I tether shoots. That way, by the time the kid walks out the door, my base set, it's already done. So little things like that, that you can speed up your workflow for, because volume sports is all about how much time you're putting into this, each kid. It should be just a mini version of what you can offer on a daily basis. So a lot of times these volume kids sport or team sports people will come in and see my studio. Cause luckily I, I, a lot of times they come to me, which is awesome. So they come in, they see my studio, they see the examples on my wall. They see the things that I can do that is above and beyond what I'm already doing for them. Um, and they're like, wow, I'm definitely coming to their hair as my senior photographer. So it's a full circle. Um, it's just getting in front of as many people as you possibly can while still making some money doing it. So. Absolutely. And for anyone who's watching and can see your studio, show us, yeah. or tell us yeah. a little bit about the studio. We can see all the beautiful artwork. We can see basically just your walls are chock filled with yeah. <laughs> amazing portraits. When did you yep. kind of get the studio and when did you feel like it was like the right moment to get yeah. a studio? For me, I've always had a studio. Basically, since day one. Um, when I didn't have my own studio, I was renting one on a consistent basis. So um, I was really fortunate. I had a great friend, Sarah Bacone. She's another Warren Ohio photographer. We both started about off about the same time. She would rent, I mean, like this is how, I mean, it was like a dirt cheap place. She would rent the place for $25 an hour from me to help pay for rent. Wow. Yeah, she was awesome. So, um, but we helped each other out. We used each other's equipment. We just kind of left it all there. It was, it was a really great arrangement. Um, we're still friends to this day, even 10 years down the road. So, uh, because of it, but, um, eventually I realized that I needed to have my own space. Like I needed to have my art on the walls. I needed, you know, that space that I could set up to exactly what I needed. Um, it's really hard in an old town to find places. So we came into this place here and it was a mess. Um, we painted, we put down a basic floor and I just, 
to hide a lot of defects, just covered the walls and pictures. <laughs> um, so because the old buildings around here, they're not going to be perfect. And, and there's no reason to waste a whole bunch of money putting it in the, into a building that's not yours. So that said, I will be building my own place, which will be exactly to what I want. But that's still about two years down the road. So um, but yeah, so I just fill the whole entire space with my images so that when, when people walk in, they might not see the old building, but they see all the awesome work, artwork. So that's super cool. Um, talk a little bit about for I know I know you personally, so we're kind of going to dive into this. Yeah. Um, you have a daughter who's super into softball, yeah. travels a ton. Yeah, so you're on yeah. the road a lot. What's yeah. it like managing a business where you're not home as much as maybe a photographer who is working a nine to five or is not traveling as much? Yeah, it's definitely not a nine to five job when you have to take time off to be with them. Um, so I, I, I'm a take control person. So I'm, I'm what you would call probably the team mom. So not only do I travel with them, but I make sure the hotels are booked for all the parents and we do, I do design the uniforms and, you know, and I'm, I do, I got my hands on a little bit of everything, but that's just who I am. If the job needs done, all right, fine. I'll figure out the time to do it. Um, so typically Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday, we're home and at the studio. So Mondays are my ordering days. I shoot Tuesday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday evening, we're on the road and Friday morning, she's playing softball and we come home probably about two or three o'clock in the morning on Sunday night and Monday morning, it starts all over again. <laughs> so, um, I do most of my email correspondence, um, while we're on the road, I've gotten really good about just setting up the computer while we're driving and just knocking stuff out, um, or using the iPad or, you know, as long as you prioritize and make time for things, um, you can get it done, but it's, it takes a little extra planning. <laughs> so luckily it's only three or four months during the year that that's the case that we're like going that much, but it also is during the middle of my senior season. So it's kind of bad timing for it, but we make yeah. it work. And let's go back to the email stuff because yeah. you also have a really great client management yeah. system they use. And so tell us a little bit about that and how you have worked it into your business to really take a lot of stuff off your plate that since you are traveling, you're on the go, you're doing a lot of other things. Yeah, absolutely. So sorry, I just realized my computer wasn't plugged in and I got the little red notification of death that was going to die. So, um, but yeah, we, um, we use Iris Works and love Meredith. Meredith came to me actually at Push, my first ever time at Push, and she was like, promised me that she could make the system do exactly what I needed it to. And for me, I needed from inquiry all the way through the final stage of the client ordering, I needed it completely 100% seamless, and I needed to not touch the system. So from the time somebody inquires with me and about a session all the way through booking, through contract signing, through every, like my clients receive probably close to 20 different prep emails from me along the way. <laughs> I'm really, really make sure that they get um, all the information they need about pricing and how, where to hang their pictures and how to hang them even, everything there, but it's all done through Iris. Um, so as long as you put the time into building the system and making it work for you, and I think that's key. A lot of people are like, don't spend that time um, on prepping the materials. But once it's done, it's done. And I don't touch anything again. So I've got a senior coming in at three o'clock to order today. And I've never once sent her an actual email. However, she's gotten 20 plus emails from me through Iris. So she's completely prepped and ready to go for ordering. But I didn't have to waste any time on doing it. So 
Isn't that nice? Where you can actually so take nice. time to do the things that you want to. <laughs> yep, exactly. Oh, it's it. I always say if you pay for a system like that, you don't need a secretary. So um, it's it's my employee. I always call Iris my employee. <laughs> They're like, who's your employees? I'm like Iris. <laughs> so um, Iris is, yeah. <laughs> yep. So Meredith, you know, she takes care of me. So, but Meredith is the owner of Iris. She's awesome. Like you can reach out to her and she'll like message you one on one if you have anything that you need in the system. She's taken so many of my ideas and actually made them happen. It's amazing to me that I, there's very few companies that I've ever seen actually do that. So yeah. Um. Aside from having kind of that client management system in place, um, talk about how you kind of manage your time because you're doing both volume and seniors. And a lot of photographers might say, well, I want to take on, you know, another genre or another thing to fill up my calendar, but how do I manage my time? What have you found kind of to be helpful in managing all that's going on? Because a lot of photographers who are listening are moms where they have kids to take care of just like you. They're also the team mom. They've got their stuff for, for church or yep. kids' uh, clubs and groups and activities and all that stuff. What do you say to them and how to give them the tips to make it a more streamlined, a more efficient process? Um, mine's come out of necessity um, because of the fact that with team editing, um, there's not a lot of, like with the volume sports stuff, there's not a lot of profit in it if you start sending out a lot of the work. So you have to really be careful because, so I need to make sure that I can efficient, I have a very efficient editing system there. I need to be able to knock out each and every single kid within five minutes of editing. Um, 10 at the max if they have really bad skin. But, um, you know, I need to make sure that all those things are set in place that when I sit down to make, do a job, it's all ready to go for me and I'm efficient and quick at it. Uh, But mostly it is... um, I think a, a good support system is key. Um, my husband takes care of pretty much the whole house. Um, <laughs> he does laundry. He cooks. He makes sure I'm fed. There's days that I'm like, there's days that I don't think I would have ate if it wasn't for him being home. So um, he's like, hey, did you even eat today? And I'm like, no. So <laughs> he's like, sit down, calm down, eat. I'm like, okay. So um, I, I, I always say when, I, when it's work time, I'm on work mode. And then when I put it down for the day, it's put down for the day. So, but I probably am really bad about not putting it down until um, it, the job's done. Yeah. So sometimes they interlap a little bit. Um, I'm okay with that. My family's okay with that. I know that's not everybody's case. Some people are like, when it's family time, it's family time, it's shut off. I'm okay with those overlapping a little bit, making sure I can answer emails on my phone while we're driving maybe to a softball game or, um, you know, using that time management wise that time wisely and making sure every little moment during the day is getting some task completed. So yeah. for basically everyone, I'm a workaholic and I'm really bad at this. So well, don't I think, ask you know, me for I any think tips you're not for, alone. Like, balancing. Yeah. yeah so you're not I'm alone like, in and- balance. Yeah, yeah. So, um, people who've seen the most recent issue of the senior saw guide hot 100, you actually shot the cover image for that. I in did. So um, how did you, you know, there, there are these things called destinations and they're kind of yeah. catching on into the senior world. They are. How did you start it? How did you pick Puerto Rico as your go-to destination? And just kind of tell us just about the story of how you guys got there, about the shoots, all yeah. of that. 
Um, so we've done quite a few destinations. Um, I've done them with Trevor and Holly. Um, Trevor and Holly are actually speakers at Push this year as well. I think they're running a shootout together. Um, they're great guys, great people. We've met at a conference years and years ago. We just quickly became friends. I believe Holly showed up underneath my table and was like, we're friends now. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so um, we quickly realized that as we were doing all these conferences that we could bring our own models and shoot them before the conference or after the conference we were attending. And it was way better for our marketing to have our own kids in front of us at these locations versus models at a conference. So, because when I was posting stuff of other people's models, I wasn't getting a lot of interaction. But as soon as we brought our own kids, it was like 700 likes on Instagram. So we were like, okay, we're on to something here. You know, this is, this is something. I think we did the first couple for basically at cost. I mean, we made no money at them at all, but we were proving concept and we just slowly got better and better at it. Um, really honestly having a support system of the two of them. Um, you know, Trevor's really good at making sure we're on time and like when it's six o'clock and we were supposed to be done at six o'clock, Trevor's like, okay, we're wrapping it up guys, you know, whereas Holly and I are like, no, we got to get seven more shots, you know? So, um, I think there's a balance there and having all three of us together really has balanced that out. Um, it also divides the labor. So, Trevor might book the Airbnb and then Holly might find this place to shoot. And then maybe I'm like, Oh, look at this place to shoot. So having all three of us together makes that a lot simpler. Um, so the Puerto Rico though became because we were originally going to go to Scotland and um, flights like tripled in cost for Scotland. Wow. And yeah. So we were like, okay, well, we're not going to Scotland now. So it was just super random. We were like, well, let's not go someplace cold. Let's go someplace warm. And everything was kind of super cheap because of the hurricane and everything. Um, so we were like, oh, let's go to Puerto Rico. Um, the, the whole, um, there was protests going on while we were there. So we were super nervous. We're bringing a bunch of teenage girls down to Puerto Rico with their moms. Get it? I can understand. But there's major protests going on in the city. And we're like, oh, my gosh, are we going to even get anything? So we kind of changed our plans up a little bit in our hair and makeup artists that our Holly's hair and makeup team that travel with us quite a bit. Um, they, they rented this huge Airbnb on the top of this crazy mountain. And we were like, well, let's just shoot half the day here and it'll keep us out of the protests and stuff. And we we're like, all right, it was gorgeous. So that's where I shot the shot at. It was totally unplanned. We had no, idea. it was just, it was pretty. And we were like, let's go. So, um, yeah, so it was really, really cool. So th some of the models were getting their hair and makeup done. We were shooting some other of the models that were already done it was just a fun day. So they're long, fun days. But if you have the chance to do it, do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. So I get, get my like, best from it. Do you get to like All swim fun. with turtles or like see like big giant fruit bats or anything? I don't even know if they have those in Puerto <laughs> yeah, Rico. Yeah, no, we didn't. You know what? We did. We did drive quite a bit because we did go see like a couple of like other little towns and stuff. Because we got there a day or two before. And then we had a day after. The day after... Holly had some like scuba diving stuff or I don't know what she had planned with her a couple of her girls, but it poured down rain. So Trevor and I were just going to go bar hop and, um, and then it poured down rain. So Trevor and I sat there and edited in our little cute Airbnb and, yeah. and Holly, Holly still went on some adventure that got canceled halfway through the day and she was all upset, but it's happens. I mean, you know, when you're traveling, things like that go down. So, um, but this year my models actually had to go back like super quick. My models flew in for a day and a half only. Wow. Because, okay. That's a quick yeah, turnaround so like time. That doesn't rush. leave. 
whole yeah, lot of like, for, no. margin of so error. The, yeah, they were, they're all majorettes, the ones that came this year. So they had to get right back for band night. So, um, but my models that came with me this year have been at least to three different destination sessions with me. Um, Lauren, the cover model, actually graduated. So she is no longer going to be with me. But I think she might be a model at PUSH next year. So cool. if you want to photograph her, I think she'll be at my night class at PUSH. She's super awesome. She's actually signed now. So it'd be a good one to work with if you want really good portfolio images. But, um, but yeah, so Alex, though, is only a sophomore. She's already been on three destination trips with me. And this year we're going to Boston. We decided awesome. to keep it a little bit more local. So yeah, um, Thomas and then, I, we actually wanted to do Boston and just yeah. never, never pulled Boston together, but that's yep. definitely going to be an we're, awesome we're, location. We're pulling Boston together this year. So Alex and a new girl, actually Jenna, but I photographed her brothers. And so I know the family really well. They're coming with me as well. I only take two per trip. I yeah. found that that's the magic number. Um, Cause then when one's changing, I can shoot the other one. It works out really well. Totally. Um, Yep. And then, but the year after that, I believe we're going to Greece because since it's Alex's senior year and she's been with me so many times, I told her she can decide. So she's like, I want um, Greece. He said she wants Greece. She already has her Airbnb picked out. Like we've got the whole trip planned. She's probably so. like going to Santorini and all that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I literally just told Alex, I was like, listen, you've done this four times now. I'm like, just you plan everything. I'll just show up. I'm like, I'll send the, all the information that you give me to the models were done. So yeah. So it's pretty funny. They're so into it now. They just kind of do the work for me. So that's super cool. How did yeah. you get started with destinations? Um, other than, um, you know, you said that you would bring your models to conferences, but yeah. how did you sell the idea to parents? I mean, this is something that when Thomas and I were getting started, it was, yeah. it was tricky. It's, you know, it's tough when you're getting started. I think coming from a small town, it's a little easier, maybe. Um, because for me, like some of these families that go with me, I've known for 10 years. You know, like maybe I've done their dance photos for the last six years. Or like Lauren and Alex, both of them, that's how I met them. I did, was doing their dance studios. Um, so they know me. Like there was no weirdness about trying to convince them. They knew whatever I was we were going to do, they were going to get. Um, I, there was no awkwardness of first meetups and things like that because they knew me already. Um, and I think that's really important, the trust factor there, because then you can kind of sell anything. Um, but the very first one we ever did was um, Palm Springs. And it was, we piggybacked it to a conference. We decided to do it about three weeks before. Or no, I'm sorry, the very first one I ever did was Vegas. And I piggybacked it on WPPI. Yep. And we'd planned it in two weeks prior, like two weeks before. I looked at the girl, I was shooting her and I said, do you want to go to Vegas? And she was like, what? And I was like, let's go to Vegas. I'm like, I don't know. Like there's just some places I want to shoot. I'm already going to be there. You want to come? And she was like, I don't know. Her mom got back to me later that night and was like, we're in. They booked their flights and they just came. So, I mean, I made zero money on it, but that was my very, very first one ever. And actually her sister and her sister's boyfriend, who they're now married, um, came as well. So I was like, well, I'll shoot all three of you guys. And they were younger. They had just graduated from high school, the older sister. So um, it was like I had three built-in people yeah. to photograph that came with me. And we went to the ghost town there, you know, because that was super easy to rent and just went around to a couple different little locations. And it was, it was, it was an interesting one. It definitely taught me a lot. But <laughs> it was they fun. Do. So. Yeah, yeah, it's kind yeah. of like everything that can go wrong on a destination yeah. sometimes does and yeah. Yeah. You just roll with the punches and yeah. it's just your job to put out all the fires and just keep yep. it going. 
Yeah, and a lot of times, most of the fires don't come from the shooting. It comes from the interactions between people, I feel like. So, like, they're in close quarters, these models, and some of them might not know each other that well. And then you have moms together, too, that don't know each other that well. And everybody's out for themselves, essentially. (laughs) Uh, You know, everybody wants to make sure they're getting good images while they're there. So that's why I feel like two is a really good number. Because I feel like, too, you can balance that interaction really, really well. When there's more, there's always somebody that feels like they're getting, you know, the short end. So um, my advice is I've tried up to, I had five one year. Just do two. (laughs) Just do two. So that helps a lot by putting out the fires. Um, I also make mine get to know each other. Like, we'll probably go, my Boston trip that we're doing soon, um, I'll probably go grab drinks with them a couple times leading up to like the moms, you know what I mean? I was about to say. Not the seniors, but yeah, the moms and I like, because one of them's brand new to this. So like, I'll make sure that they get to know each other really well. And, and I want them to have like a good relationship before we even go. So that way, because the moms will help you so much. So, um, I think building that relationship and, in, you know, making sure that that's a strong bond between those two moms really will help things out too. So. Absolutely. Kind of going away from photography, what are you obsessed with? Just it can be oh. anything, whether that's a hobby, it can be something that you're yeah. like, you've read recently that you're super into and want to read more about, literally anything. I'm like really, really big into podcasts right now, but like true crime podcasts, but I just get got started on them. So like, don't ask me my favorite one or anything. Um, but I've started to realize, I always watch TV while I edit and so podcasts are my new thing. And um, my husband always says jokes that he wouldn't be surprised he gets murdered in his sleep sometime because of how many true crime things that I watch. <laughs> so, um, so I always think that I can solve any crime. So yeah. uh, maybe I should have been a police officer. I don't know. But, um, but yes, yeah, so I love that type of thing there. Um, beyond that, it's really just um, being that oldest out of eight siblings. Um, a lot of our free time is spent, you know, with them and, and trying to get together as much as we can there. And, um, we have siblings from all around the country. I have brothers in the military, so it's tough sometimes to get that, you know, everybody together, but we have a family group chat that probably takes up half our time. (laughs) So it goes off like crazy. So we're all pretty close and, and we, you know, we goof off in there a lot. And, and then from there, it's just, Softball. Softball has ruled my life since I was four years old and, and it'll always continue to. So we're really fortunate that not only has it become a business for us essentially too, because most of my teams that I photograph are softball teams. So, um, but I've coached, we've, I've played, my daughter's now into it. I hope someday she plays in college. So I will be able to continue that and go watch her play in college and um, go to Washington, right? That's what I said. Go UW. That's a, yeah. She's so good. Sean wants her to go to Washington so he can, she can be a Husky, but, um, but, but yeah, so it's a good time. And, um, you know, we stay busy. I mean, I think that's the biggest key of it in life is stay busy and love what you do. So, yeah. Um, what's next for you in business? Cause you mentioned building a new studio. What else? Yeah. That's definitely a big thing that we want to do. Um, I can't stand photographing newborns. But some, for some reason, I get, I get like an obscene amount of newborn inquiries like every single week. 
Um, so there's, there's a chance, and this is the first time I've said this out loud, but um, there's a meeting in progress soon that I, I might be bringing a second photographer that specializes in newborns. Interesting, okay. So um, we're going to attempt that. You know, she already has a pretty good established business around here. We've been friends for probably 15 years, but she just doesn't want any of the, she loves shooting the newborn. She wants none of the editing or the business side of the thing. So it, it's like a perfect fit for the two of us. Um, so I think there's a good chance we'll be bringing in a second photographer really soon. She'll photograph a lot of kids and newborns for me. So, um, so it'll bring out like a whole another side of the business that I never thought I would ever touch, but, um, allow somebody else that loves that to come in and do it versus me trying to take stuff that I hate. Absolutely. Um, if that goes well, we might bring in a wedding team as well. But um, that's still a couple years off. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that's the next step is I think slowly just learning to trust other people to come in. And because I'm not, I can't do any more than I'm doing right now. So the next step of building is probably bringing in other people that I can trust to shoot under my name and provide the same service I am to my clients right now. So how do you grasp that? Because a lot of people are not good at giving control away, especially as creatives. Yeah, it's going to be really, really tough. Um, but I, I feel like it's necessary. Um, uh, with the way that the photography industry is changing, um, I don't think you can put all your eggs in one basket. Um, I think photography is going to be around for, I, I'm one of the firm believers that senior photography is not going away. Like I, I see, hear it all the time. Oh, photography is going away. Like it's not what it used to be. I think you just have to change the way you're looking at it and the changing maybe the way you're doing it. Um, so I've built such a good name that, I mean, I have people wanting to come under me all the time. It's just a matter of figuring out how to make that work. So this is going to be something new for me. I don't know. <laughs> it could totally fail. Um, but you know, I'm okay with failure sometimes in failure, failure, that's how you learn and that's how you grow. And that's, and it doesn't have to be the end all for your business if you try something and it fails. So, um, you know, this is the next logical step for me to grow because I can't physically do anything more than I'm doing right now in my business. So in order to get that next tier of level of business, this is the next step. So you just got to give it up. You just got to be okay with it. You do. And you mentioned yeah. failure. What's one of the failures that you've learned something that's really kind of changed the direction of your business or something that you're um, like, all right, I'm never ever making this mistake again. Yeah. Um, I think it was probably at the very beginning, me not knowing the business side of the business. <laughs> um, I went into it thinking I was going to be a photographer and I was like, yeah, that's awesome. I get to take pictures all day. I don't take pictures all day. 90% of my job is clerical work. Um, so, I mean, I don't even edit anymore. I've had to give that up because just the email answering and the, you know, the questions that are the phone calls and, and that side of the things are take up so much time that you have to give up as much as you possibly can in order to run a business successfully. But, and being okay with that. I think at first I wanted to do it all on my own and it's just not possible. You're just not going to make money and do it all on your own. So, but on that point as well, pricing for profit. Um, I think Amanda Holloway's the master at it. <laughs> um, I've learned so much from her and, and you know, the 10 years that we've been doing this and, um, Every, you know, everything she's ever said or, you know, I, I just, I latch onto it and it's normally right. So I always say, follow her guides, man. They're, they're killer. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just learning how to price correctly and not, 
and being okay with it, being okay that somebody can't afford you. And I think it's really, really hard um, I, when somebody comes to you and say, oh, I wish I could afford you. It's heartbreaking. I wish everybody could afford me. But if I, if I did it any cheaper, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the studio and I wouldn't have all the gear I wanted and I wouldn't have the backdrops I wanted and I, my family wouldn't be where it's at right now. And so my husband wouldn't be able to quit his job completely and work and help me at the business and make sure Maddie's taken care of. And, and that was really important to us. We really wanted Maddie to make, be, especially when she was younger, taken care of and not at babysitters and somebody was always home to get her off the bus and, and that this job allowed us to do that by pricing correctly. Yep. What do you love most about your job? Um, probably the people. Um, I love talking to the people. Um, not all people, I guess, <laughs> but most people, there's always that one. Most people but, are okay. Uh, yeah. Most people are okay. No, I mean, I, if you're not a people person, this is a really hard job. Um, so I'm not like crazy outgoing, but I can talk to anybody. So, um, my maiden name is Shreves and we call it the Shreves curse because my, my whole, all my siblings and everybody, we can have a conversation. We can have a conversation with the person in front of us at the gas station. And my dad's been known to make friends with people and get their phone numbers. So, I mean, it's, it's just something that we're good at. So the people side of it's really awesome. I think the connections I make around the, the community is so cool. Um, like seeing one of my senior models, my, one of my very first senior models just wrote a really successful cookbook. And like looking back at it and be like, dang, like I had something to do with that girl's life. You know, like it's so cool to me to like, and because we were really close. So like, you know, it wasn't just like she was one, I feel like with a model team, there's always a couple that you get really close to. She was one of those. Like we've stayed in contact and watching her grow and become an adult, you know, a real human. I always joke and tell her. So, um, and she's, you know, kicking ass. So it's really, really cool to see. So seeing those relationships build and grow and, and, you know, and now I'm at the time point where, you know, I'm photographing some kids of my seniors. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's come that full circle. Um, so it's kind of crazy to me to see that turnaround. And uh, I mean, it's only going to keep growing. And, and, you know, as I stay in this business, and if I stay in this area, it's just going to continue. And it's really, really cool. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I always like to kind of end on one of these questions. And that is, if you had to start your business over from day one, today, what's one piece of advice that you wish you had or that you could tell another photographer if they are starting their business day one? Yeah. Um, don't, don't unfollow every other photographer on Instagram. Do your own thing. Um, there's no one that can set the rules in your business except for you. Um, don't think that somebody else's contract is going to be the right thing for you. Don't think that somebody else's shooting style. Don't think just because you know the settings of how somebody shot that image that's how they would shoot it every single time. Um, little things like that are like step back, really decide who you want to be, decide what your style is going to be and follow it. And don't ever follow someone else's trends. So be you. Yep. I agree. I always say, I think it's great to learn from others. And I always mm -hmm. say it's, it's instead of a, um, it's not necessarily a, a formula that you need to follow yeah. exactly. You more have to yeah. synthesize your own formula. Absolutely. And what it is, is you take those bits and pieces that they're doing that works well and apply it to the aspects of your business that you need help with, but that also work for you. And I think yeah. that's a great piece of advice. 
Yep. And I, I think business education's huge. I wish I would have went back and done more business. I always thought I had to do, like I'd take a shooting class online or, or f- follow Creative Live and, and watch the shooting portions. And I think I missed a lot of the business side of things at the beginning. And looking back at it, if I had concentrated on the business side of things, because my skill was already there. Like I knew how to take pictures. Um, no, it wasn't where I am now. But, um, you know, I was, it wasn't bad when I started off, but I was an awful business person. Like I was just so bad at it. So I wish I would have went back from the very beginning and, and really focused on the business side of things. So. When a lot of people, it's easy to follow the shooting portion because that's the sexy portion. That's, that's the, the oh, I get to yeah. create cool images versus great. Yeah. I get to learn how to market better or I yeah. get to learn yeah. how to price myself correctly. How am I going to sell these images? Like, or, you know, how am I going to deliver them? How am I, you know, how am I going to increase my client's experience overall? And yeah, it's, it's, that's the tough part. That's the really, and that, that I think is, you really have to become you when you start to do that portion. I think that's why it's so hard for, especially younger photographers, because maybe they're not quite sure about who they are yet. And so when you're setting those guidelines in your business and you're not exactly sure on who you are, you're always going to just copy somebody else there. So sit down, really think about it, become you, you know, do your own thing. Yeah. Um, Where can people find you on the interwebs? Yeah. NikkiHeadPhotography.com. Um, Facebook, I'm there, Nikki Hub Photography, um, NH Photo on Instagram and Twitter. So, Perfect. And then um, I always like to end, you get to ask the listeners one question. So if you guys are listening on the podcast, all you have to do is take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram stories. Um, so I think it's, it's N, N Huff Photo, right? Yeah, N Huff Photo. N Huff Photo at Senior Saga and at Sean Brown Productions. Tag us. Answer the question. If you guys are on YouTube, leave a comment in the comment section below. But what is one question that you want to ask our viewers? It, it can be personal. It doesn't have to be photography related. It can be life related. Just something yeah. that you have on your mind that you want to ask them. Um, I want one thing that they're going to try this year and be okay with failing at if it doesn't go perfect. I love it. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Nikki, thank you so much for, for coming on today. I know it's... Um, it's sometimes tough to get out there and put yourself out there and, and just answer these questions, but we really appreciate it. And I think that a lot of photographers are going to learn something that they can take away and implement into their business today so. or just glean a little bit of inspiration from you because you are so phenomenal. And so I hope that a lot of people Thank are you. able to discover just how incredible your work is and um, just hear a little bit about your story. Yeah. Thank you so much. So we'll see you guys on the next episode of Real Talk. Until next time. See you guys. That wraps it up for this episode of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. We are so excited that you guys are joining us and just want to say a heartfelt thank you. I know that there are so many podcasts out there that you guys have the option to listen to, and it really means the world that you're joining us and giving us a part of your day and really just joining in on part of the conversation and and the community. In addition, make sure that you guys are joining us over on Facebook and the Senior Style Guide group over there, where photographers from all throughout the country contribute, give their input and their advice and their experiences to help other photographers learn and grow. We'd love for you to join us over there as well. So all you have to do is search Senior Style Guide on Facebook, ask to be added to the group, and we'll make sure that you guys get to be a part of the conversation over there. If you haven't had a chance to hit the subscribe button below, please take a second to do that really quick. 
what that does is it makes sure that you guys keep up to date on all of the content that we're putting out there. We have tons of Real Talk episodes coming to you guys throughout the year from leaders and other photographers that you would love to hear from. So we want to make sure that you do not miss a single episode of that. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. Thank you guys for joining us. And we cannot wait to have you as part of the listening experience for future podcasts. Looking forward to seeing you guys on the next episode and we'll see you around. Thank you.